0: Sifpop Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, three guys try not to think about the fact that they're in a bunker <laughs> when discussing horror movies. It's Sifpop.
1: Bunkers get the bad rep nowadays. You know? Yeah? They need to bring back the good bunkers, like tornado bunkers or. Have you seen the new uh, egg bunkers for
0: hurricanes?
1: (laughs) No. Oh, they look fantastic. Obviously, we're not...
0: We had a bunker expert with
1: us. It's amazing. It was on Facebook today. It was on my feed.
2: You know what? In Ormsby's defense, I have found out more cool, random, like, things you should, like, would Uh never know from Ormsby in the time that I've known him than most people (laughs) in the last several (laughs) years. He is... He's like an endless treasure trove. Like you just keep. He's like Mary Poppins' purse. You just keep oh digging, goodness. and more stuff comes out. That's amazing. That's you're beautiful. like, how'd you get that? And lamp you don't know in where. There.
0: Yeah, that's right. There's no way that that penguin umbrella fits in there. <laughs> it's, my mind. that out. My mind is the singularity. <laughs> so, <laughs> apparently, apparently, nice.
2: sir, including egg bunkers. Yes. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, welcome to Sif Pop. Uh, we're streaming live on Mixler every Friday, or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Uh, I'm Aaron Dicer from yourmoviefriend.com, and I'm joined by Andrew Ormsby from the Flick Freaks YouTube. That's hard for me to say for some reason.
1: Yeah, it's, Flick, a to- it's a tongue Flick twister. Freaks.
0: Ahoy! The Flick Freaks YouTube. Every week we'll be joined by a pop culture guru to chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. In today's pop culture guru, it's Sean! Woohoo! <laughs> Sean Yay. is back. Oh. Sh- yeah, Sean, tell us a little bit about Geek.0, where people can find you.
2: Um, yeah, we are a technology and pop culture blog. So video games, music, music, uh, movies, uh, music twice. Cause it's just that amazing.
0: <laughs> um, but I did not see much music stuff on your, your blog is uh,
2: it's because it's not a focus. Occasionally when something catches our eye, like, uh, it has to be something that's, you know what I mean? Passion. Is there something it in the creates music creates world
0: about like Frank Ocean right now? Did he like apparently?
2: Really... and it, I could care less. <laughs> <laughs> the Apple community thinks it's the greatest thing ever, but that's why you don't see any posts about it on our site. But everything oh. else cool. Um, everything else cool. Especially, uh, we we have a hardcore focus on gaming, tech, and uh, uh, smart technology, and and the internet as a whole. So if I it's it geeky, good- we're there.
0: Good choice to focus on smart technology as opposed to dumb technology. I think the uh, the dumb technology blogs are really struggling these days. Uh, They are indeed. Absolutely. Uh, Well, we're excited to have you back on. Uh, Sean's been a guest before. We're going to talk the movie Don't Breathe. Uh, We're going to talk about a TV show. I think called a TV show.
1: It's a web series. A web series called uh,
0: um, Harmon Quest. And then we're uh, going to do Best Ever Challenge and of course have our buried treasure. But of course, we like to start it out with a little bit of Do We Care? Mr. Ormsby, give us some headlines. We'll let you know if we care to talk more about them.
1: Right. Did you think of the one or that we were talking about earlier? Just nope. jump right in. Just okay. jump right in. Number one, Donald Glover is being eyed to play young Lando Calrissian in the Han Solo
0: standalone film.
2: Whoa. Yes, I want to
0: talk about that. Yeah, let's talk about it. Um, I definitely care. I care well, about... Just throw your smartphone anywhere. It's okay. That's how it becomes a dumb phone. That's how it becomes the dumb phone. That's right. yeah
1: uh, um, Here's what I was hoping. I was hoping that they would still cast Billy D. Williams and then we would be, re- it would be revealed that he has like Benjamin Button disease. He gets younger.
0: <laughs> uh, this is the thing about the Star Wars universe doing the Han Solo movie that is kind of tweaking me a little bit. I trust them. You know, this new group of producers, I think, you know, obviously episode uh, seven was great. Uh, they did a great job with it, I felt. So I, I trust them so far, but man just the idea of kind of those winks and those nods and if it makes sense for the story and it feels right that's fine but just thinking about you know why does young lando calrissian have to be in it like why can't we have you know new characters around him do we have to have all these nods to you know all the old ones
2: um i'll counterpoint that <clears throat> because the idea of lando calrissian in the originals uh the original movies um there was tons of subtext there there was obviously a uh a very, I don't know what the word you want to use, not troubled, but there was a tense personal pre-relationship before Cloud City. Yeah, there was
0: obviously a history relationship. And so to the relationship. I think that's sure. what they
2: want to explore a little bit was, and I agree with you, that's not necessarily, I don't know that that's necessary, but this is Disney. And if there's a part of the story that hasn't been analyzed once before, they're going to make a movie out of it yeah. because they're going to milk this for all it's worth. Here's why Lando has to be in the movie
1: and he has to be because don't forget before Han Solo lando was the owner of the millennium falcon yes
2: he was so we have to
1: find out how han got the millennium falcon from lando because he lost it to Lando. or lando lost it to han fair and square you know we got to find out how i
0: you say we have to find out i don't know that we do like i the mystery is fun i i want you to answer questions i didn't know existed like i've you know like tell me a new story and get me interested in things that, you know, I didn't know about relationships that Han had, that kind of stuff. I, I want
1: to know how Han and Chewie met. I want to know how he got the I Millennium
0: do, too. Falcon. I just, I that, that stuff is easy. I just want, you know, like, if you're going to really, I don't know, hook me, I think there needs to be more than that. And maybe there is. It could be, you know, the best I, of both worlds. I do
2: think it's kind of cool that Disney has taken, uh, the original Star Wars, obviously Luke was this centerpiece, and then Han was an extraneous character. And they had no concept that Han would be, would eclipse Luke by light years in popularity and and gravitas. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really cool that they're taking somebody as important as Han is and going back and exploring some of that and and doing some of that. I understand where you're coming from, but I I personally want to see some of this other stuff. Like Andrew, I want to see like, how chewie and han how that relationship got started because it's a deep one you sure know? no i get it and, i
0: get it it just ends up feeling a little like fan fiction you know it ends up feeling a little you. like you know but it's good fan uh, yeah fiction. no 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 you're right and it's by the people who are doing it so technically yeah. it's not fan fiction it's, and, you know, and i also agree canon. with you that
2: they're doing a great job i love the fact that they're taking and doing n- completely new stuff like right. rogue one that's like, the balance that's it's perfection it's yeah. them saying okay we've got this you know and everybody knows this but we also want to explore some other sides of where all this was you know when this was happening i mean um, i
0: could i could we could talk about star wars probably oh, yeah. for the all full time. hour I, we um,
1: haven't mentioned childish gambino once in this conversation <laughs> don't do yeah well yeah what do you guys think of the casting
0: I'm not sure what to think about Donald Glover as an actor yet. I'm just not. He was fine in The Martian, right?
1: Martian but community. It, but
0: he wasn't great in The Martian. I, you know, he was. I mean, he was serviceable. Um, I think this is a great opportunity for him. I was going
2: to say I have a theory about actors. Um, it, when it comes to uh, roles they're put in, I think for a lot of actors, it's it, it takes that that role. It takes the role that breaks them and make it, it out of whatever and makes them. You know realize their true potential this could be the one right. that gives him you know a, an identity so i i agree with you I, nothing exceptional stands out he's not bad but he was, oh, oh, yeah, he was a
0: blasting community oh mean, he was so much fun so good but i just haven't seen that thing that makes me go oh i really want to see him in more movies like i you know i like him but yeah. you know nothing's such beyond a funny that. character you know what it is here's what i just realized this so I'll, I'll go back to this and then we can go on to the second the next one i think it's the star trek thing the Khan thing that has me, you know, kind of tentative about really digging into Star Wars characters we already know, because I was so put off by a lot of what they did in the second uh, Abrams Star Trek oh, movie yes, yes. with the con stuff, yes, where it seemed like fan service instead of just telling a great story. Absolutely, And once. so I'm just kind of nervous about that a little bit. Agreed. All right, continue on.
1: Number two, Dwayne Johnson has bumped Robert Downey Jr. off as the highest paid actor in Hollywood. Whoa,
0: man, that's
1: interesting. And it's funny because last year Dwayne Johnson was number eleven. He more than doubled his earnings this year. <laughs>
0: That's so crazy. He's... Would you have thought that like back like when he did the was it the mummy, like the first time he like really powered? Yeah. King King? Like I just so it's terrible. so funny to think that he's doing that. And he's got the T V show now with ballers on HBO.
1: And, and you know
2: what? That show's good. Yeah, that shows not I bad. I like that show. Yeah. It's like an NFL uh, entourage. And the NFL hates him for it. And they hate their players being on it because it paints them in reality instead of what the (laughs) NFL wants you to see. Yeah. And they hate the fact that people are seeing the other side of what, you know, what douchebags people can be once money comes to them. Oh, yeah.
0: The NFL, man, they they got some explaining to do about a lot of (laughs) things. They do, man. Serious.
2: I do do love him, though. Uh, Taking, like ballers because it's a very interesting show out of it Dwayne johnson is absolutely one of the most likable like yeah just personable just kind genuine like that guy is so full of life and talk about busy man the guy is up like 20 hours a day he starts his workouts at like three in the morning he he works out for like three and a half hours every morning dude's committed eats like 12 pounds of uh fish a day you know and then and that's just how he starts like yeah i need six pounds of fish and three cups of coffee and a three-hour workout and then we can start i don't do that in a week i'm doing it in a month
1: (laughs) yeah if you go online and you look up the Dwayne
2: johnson diet it's insane it is the guy's just i I think it's really cool that he's earned that spot who thought coming from wrestling from a thing that i've tried to pretend doesn't exist for so long (laughs) You know uh, that he could just build that much of an empire. So well, congrats it's the, to him.
0: It's the charisma, and here's here's the little secret: he's actually a really good actor. Yeah, he's like good. if you've seen I him in him. some of the stuff where he plays off type, yep, he can pull it off. It's really interesting. Oh, what was interesting.
2: the what was the babysitting one? Um, it wasn't the pacifier that was Vin no, Diesel. No, that was Vin Diesel. The tooth Fairy or something. The like the tooth fairy. fairy. Yes, he was yeah. so good in that. Oh my God, was he good? That's one of my favorite movies of his.
0: Yeah. What else you got? Number three, <laughs> I like this
1: one a lot. Will Ferrell and John C. Riley are going to reunite for the third time as a dynamic duo in the upcoming Holmes and Watson film. Nope.
2: I don't even want, I don't even want to acknowledge its existence. <laughs> its existence.
0: I do like those two together. I do
2: too. Yeah. But not for Sherlock Holmes. Uh,
0: we've got enough Sherlock Holmes. And not just even the properties that are called Sherlock Holmes. Like so many TV shows are Sherlock Holmes. Of law, of medicine, elementary. Of, you know, I mean, for <laughs> yeah. goodness' sakes, uh, you know, house, ha- house, house was literally it's the homes thing that came to my mind. Yeah, yeah. I mean, house <laughs> is another word for homes. Like they, you know. However, and it Watson was, so was his friend, and good. of course, it was good. House but I'm just is just saying, my number one show of all time. I was just gonna I'm,
2: say it's one of my favorites ever.
0: Well, here's a Dewey care. Uh, he's coming back to play another uh, yes, doctor that Hulu
2: series. in a Hulu
0: series. I will
2: watch every minute of it. Yeah. yeah. And it looks so good. Basically, anytime that someone's going to put a camera in front of him, I want to know. <laughs> he's mm-hmm. that good.
0: Uh, where were you when you first realized he d- didn't actually have an American accent? Because <laughs> I remember distinctly sitting on my bed being like, why is he talking in a British accent? <laughs> I was in my front room
2: watching an interview on E! And I was like, what? what?
1: It, was it E that I was watching the interview? It was an interview. It was for... Um, no, it wasn't because he did not... Did he have an accent in uh,
0: The Phoenix, Flight of the Phoenix? I don't know. I don't remember. I remember in hindsight the seeing McConaughey him in Stuart movie. Little. Yeah. I remember <laughs> seeing him in Stuart Little in hindsight. I didn't know that was him at the time. Yeah. But yeah. no,
1: his accent, I think it was either E or Graham Norton show, one of the two. But yeah, I was That's like, funny. what?
0: Who is this? <laughs> yeah, Why is I've he- got... Those, those touchstone moments. I've got, you know, the Challenger exploding, 9-11, and finding out that he uh, <laughs> was wow. British. Wow. <laughs> like, that's my list. Well, guys, let's talk about the movie Don't Breathe. We all got a chance to screen it last night. This is, of course, a horror film uh, about a group of very, very bad home robbers. <laughs> who try to invade the wrong home and all sorts of crazy things happen. Uh, let's just start here. Did you like it? Did you love it? Was it okay? Did you dislike it? Or did you hate it, Sean? I liked it. Liked it. Andrew? I liked it a lot. I'm between really liked it and loved it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm right at the top edge of liked it. As well. Which is saying something for me because I am not a horror movie guy. Me neither. And I guess that's maybe something to to go around and talk about (laughs) a little bit before we even get going. Like, what is your experience with horror? Do you generally like horror movies? Is that, you know, kind of your thing? Andrew, you said it's not yours.
1: I don't like horror films. I don't like being scared. It's just, I just, ever since I was a kid, I, I didn't see the appeal to it. What's fun about being scared?
0: I totally agree. What about you, Sean?
2: I love horror movies. Yeah? I love being scared. Um well, produces, well help us out then. Like
0: what's the appeal? Like yeah. is it like roller coasters? Is the adrenaline? Like I do rush? like roller coasters. It does
2: produce an endorphin rush, okay? And anytime you get a massive spike of endorphins in your body is a good thing, whether it's orgasm or being terrified. I mean it's Wow, good we just thing. went
0: there. We well, yeah. just went there. It's
2: a clinical term. So I didn't get dirty. <laughs> but no, seriously, that anytime your body spikes and, and like that, it, it gives you this rush of energy sure. and excitement. And I do like that. Um, the moment it's happening, you don't like it. Like that split millisecond, you're like, ah right? Mm-hmm. But I do love being scared. But I, I love horror movies. Um, and I wanna I wanna qualify that statement with when you I don't classify this as a horror movie. It's a suspense this thriller. Is ad, this is a suspense thriller. For me, Listen, a, I'm just going by the marketing. Th- there's, there's no a line, way
0: you would look at the marketing of this movie and say- I agree. That it's not a horror but movie. But this is a
2: suspense thriller no, all the way through. Um, I agree. Horror for me, horror means like suspense thrillers are things that scare you, keep you on the edge of your seat. The moment you go into territory where you, you express something grotesque or horrific- in my mind is when you go into the so you think more like horror.
0: you would think more like slasher films yeah see or and, horror movies and I
2: do love horror films mainly because it's hard to make a good one because mm-hmm. everyone defines what's like truly scary and not cheesy or you know mm-hmm. like you can see it a mile away um differently and so I love watching society's attempts and we've gone through so many like you know ebbs and flows we've gone from Hitchcock's just straight suspense mm-hmm. and, you know, shock uh, in the form of like reveals, mm-hmm. you know, to rob zombies, just blood and gore and guts and just blatant assault on your eyeballs and ears. Yeah. And they're totally different types and but they affect people differently. And so I do love horror movies. I think they're one of the most interesting types of films because of how many different ways there are to make them.
0: I think it's it's interesting that, that we have this Discussion first, and I think it's appropriate. I think you can still call suspense films horror films if they are if they are uh, operating in the same area of scaring the audience in that way. Because there are suspense films that are just about being on the edge of your seat. Mm-hmm. And then there are suspense films that are about scaring you. And I think those are two different things. In did you see movie, Prisoners? I did see Prisoners.
2: Where would you classify that?
0: I would classify Prisoners... Uh,
2: crime Noir. As,
0: yeah, as a crime okay. action... Because yeah. it's
2: not a horror film, but it keeps no, no, you... No. I mean, it's it's solid suspense. Here, here's yeah. how I look but at it. But it's tense. not trying... It, it's
0: point is not to scare you. Scare, I feel like that's the true. point of Don't Breathe... Was to scare is you. ...is to scare the audience. Mm-hmm. Good
1: point. Here's what I think. I think that um, horror is a main genre, and then suspense th- thriller is a sub of horror. It can be, yeah. Okay. So... And, and, and all that stuff,
0: it. I mean, all that stuff can be fluid, too. Like, right. you know, there's it's hard to really Where you know, the classify. circles meet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I diagram. would totally agree with you that this is a movie that deals in suspense. And one of the reasons, and we'll just start talking about things that we liked in this movie, because this is the main one for me, I think, uh, is there's no supernatural in this movie at all. Love, mm-hmm. love, love and that. And you just don't see that as much yep. in scary type movies anymore, where it's just a real life situation that feels like. For the most part, it could actually happen that way. Uh, and, you know, the supernatural is left out of it. It is just about human beings and how scary human beings, you know, can be to each other. The mm-hmm. first
2: five minutes that they were in the the guy's house, okay, mm-hmm. the, the the focal point of the film, not the mm-hmm. first robbery, um, that's exactly what was running through my mind. I'm like, this is pure magic because there's nothing supernatural. There's no demon. There's no monster. There's no axe murderer. These guys are committing a crime and they're truly terrified of getting caught by the resident of the home who's sleeping there Mm -hmm. and there's so much tension and suspense and i'm like i love this because i can picture this right this is real yeah yeah
0: isn't that even even that's even much better when you're trying to scare an audience is if it's a position that they could put themselves in as soon as you add a supernatural monster you go even if you believe in it like even if you let's you know talk like the exorcist or something you know you believe in demon possession those kind of things it's hard to put yourself in that place Correct. in a way that feels as real as something like yeah. this.
2: Because it's abstract. You can't see it. This right. is something everyone's been through that grind before. How many people have got up uh, in the middle of the night and tried not to wake anyone up because you went to, to go you know, get a drink or whatever mm-hmm. else and you're worried about the floor creaking? This is all stuff that you can identify with. You, yeah. know? you, you can feel.
1: Can I use that to move into the thing I love? Yeah, sure. The sound design in this movie was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Absolutely. Oh, it was so good. That was the main thing I took away was, obviously, the the homeowner in this film is blind, so he has to listen for everything to try and find these people breaking into his house. And just the creak of the floor or the breath and the gasps and, you know, the shuffling the and the, fair point. the friction of clothing and just, I found myself just paying attention to the sound more than i was watching what was going on on screen
0: and well i will say even though that's probably true the visuals are great too i was just gonna say Uh,
2: the second part of that is not only was the sound design great in this and it was so well done but what really kept your eyes like just stuck on it and made it fantastic was it didn't fall into the normal horror movie tropes. There weren't quick jump cuts and shaky film. This was how you would see things. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't see life in that, in the way they do that in normal horror movies, you know, where the yeah. camera's vibrating or the quick cuts back and forth, you know? This was, I'm in this house and I'm watching her come out of the closet, you know, and I'm watching her creep along and I'm terrified and I'm watching this all with the peripheral. And so the way it was filmed, you know, without the, I'll call them core cheap shots, okay, mm-hmm. for filming and the sound combined together created for this incredibly tense, you know, experience. There
0: were there were some jump scares oh, in yeah. this movie. Yeah. There, yeah. Were, there were a handful of them. I thought they were used judiciously. I didn't feel like it relied on them too much. Um, jump scares, you know, they are the pratfall of the scary movie world. You know, they're yes, the sir. easy way to get a scare. Mm-hmm. Um, I was much more impressed with this movie getting scares from just the atmosphere and the suspense exactly. and the way they shot the movie and the sound.
1: Did you find um, yourself actually holding your breath in some parts?
0: I didn't. I, I did. I was very aware of my breathing, but I, I, I didn't find myself actually holding my breath. I did find myself like... Just, but didn't want him to hear you? I didn't <laughs>
1: want him... No, this movie was great. And I think I, I liked this movie, obviously, more than you guys did.
0: It sounds like it a little bit, yeah. And
1: uh, Stephen Lang, he's an amazing actor. He, he, he plays blind. the blind homeowner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you've ever seen Tombstone, that's probably the movie he's most famous for, that or Avatar. Avatar. Avatar's probably, for the younger generation, Avatar yeah. would probably, but for people our age, probably Tombstone. Mm-hmm. But, um, man, he was so good. Can I talk about how normally... My favorite character in the movie. Talk uh, Normally in acting movies or horror films, the acting's not all that great. I thought the acting was
0: really good the performances are very solid so good uh the that's... kid from
2: um oh what's he from alex alex yeah. from he, he, for some reason i keep i don't know what he's in but i recognize him i keep feeling Google like it. he's been in every single uh final what? destination movie yeah. oh i keep thinking it's like the teen
0: lit stuff like i keep thinking like what's the maze movie um, oh the maze runner no, he's, maze not, not runner. he's not. No, that kind not of stuff though i mean like he's been in one of those like hunger games or oh, he was in
1: prisoners uh, that's true. He was in prisoners. <laughs> that's right.
0: What's what's the one I'm thinking of though? The Goosebumps. Teen... No, not Goosebumps. Although I let me remember in. Him. It was a teen lit one. I know it was I Alexander know... and. Maybe uh, I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. And the terrible, horrible, no good, very
1: bad. That's day. what I. Yeah, yeah I that's remember.
0: Never... That by the way, that's a that's a surprisingly good movie. <laughs> yes, it is, is it? Yeah, yeah it really fun. is. I didn't see. It. That's a Steve Carell movie, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's good stuff. But yeah, he was good. I felt like she was really good. The actress in this. Mm-hmm. Um the weak spot was probably their friend. Money. He was a, he well, was, he, money was a little over the top, but I think he, that's who he, he was served supposed his to be.
2: Purpose, though. I yeah. think yeah. he was important to to the storyline. Stephen Lang was absolutely though, and what's great is he has the fewest lines. Okay. Yeah. But he, he said so much more in this movie. The the shots of him close up, um, you know, of him blind, and then the ones in the dark, um, he was just so like gravitational. Like mm-hmm. he was terrifying. And he doesn't say much. He's not a he's not a monster. Completely human. Yeah, and that's what's that is exactly what I love about this movie. And uh, this morning I was I was still trying to decipher whether I loved this or I just liked it. And this movie um has does a such a great job with the moral play because here are these kids who are essentially dirtbags. Okay, Mm -hmm. Uh, they're breaking into people's houses, stealing from them. But the subtext underneath, when you get to... And they did a great job of explaining backstory for these characters without going too, to say, going too de- in-depth in it. You get to see yeah. their characters in this first break-in. So they break into this house. The one kid is totally, you know, Dylan's character. I forget his name. Uh, Alex. Alex. Alex is so, like... Um, What's the word? He's clean cut and mm-hmm. a good kid. And you get this feeling like the only reason that he's doing any of this is because he feels this undying devotion to Rocky, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, like, he's just there because he wants to protect her. So he's doing these things out of necessity, yeah. you know? And then she's just this free loving kid who just wants out of the environment she's in. So, And you can see that when she plops down on the bed, you know, and mm-hmm. she's playing with the, She just wants to imagine being not her anymore, you yeah. know? And then of course money's just straight up dirtbag. yeah. <laughs> and so, and then the blind guy and like, but you end up rooting at points in this movie for these kids to get out, like get away with the money. You and feel am bad. I, and am them. I
0: wrong? You feel for the blind guy too all oh, of the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah.
2: Up until what we can't talk about until the spoiler cast. Yeah, right. Like I've never seen someone polarized so perfectly. Yeah. Because I did. I felt terrible for him at first, and then there's a switch in the movie, and mm-hmm. I'm like completely yeah, we'll, talk about, we'll talk so, about that in
0: spoilers for yeah, sure it's so
2: fantastic the way they did this i think so, the
0: moral lines are great so let's talk about what brought it down a little bit for us uh i will start on that i think this movie does have some believability issues um they are minor ones and they aren't like we talked about it, the major part of the movie being grounded in realism which i i like mm-hmm. but there are some eye-rolling things in this that kind of like CinemaSins type things where it's like, you know, that would just never happen that way. That would never be the case. Uh, I can think of probably more examples during spoilers. I think one I can give in non-spoilers is the first break-in, how careless they are.
2: with. There's no yeah. way
0: these kids would not have been caught on their very first break-in. And it's like they've been doing it for years. I got the and, impression
2: it wasn't their first break-in. Well, no, that's what I'm system. saying.
0: That's what I'm saying. Okay. It's like they've been doing it for years yeah. and yet they would have been caught If they had done more than one, they would have been caught. But it's Detroit. (laughs) (laughs) Which which is another character in this movie. They take no protection. I mean, they're spreading, let's just, the polite way to say DNA all over the place. Yeah. In, in, you know, these, I just, I don't like, so immediately I'm going, these kids are stupid. Yeah. And there's no way they would be getting away (laughs) with this. Yeah. Period. they were terribly bad Roberts. Yeah, there were other things like that throughout the movie that just occasionally distracted me enough to go, I mean, come on. And then I'd be back to, you know, the realism and the suspense and the stuff I loved.
1: I like so what you said, how me. Detroit itself is a character in this movie. Oh, most
2: definitely. Yeah. Incredibly well depicted, too. As someone who's lived there, uh, it's incredibly well depicted in this movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm a Michigan guy. You are. Um, it's, you know, I've never lived in Detroit. My wife lived near Detroit for a while, um, but... I guess I didn't feel like it was a character in the movie. I felt like it was a good setting and I felt like they did well with the setting, but
2: um, they did a great job of showing um when they got to his neighborhood, they they did a it was almost a cameo that the the mm-hmm. city itself did of how many well, houses and, in the neighborhood were abandoned
0: abandoned and it, deserted. It goes to that thing of putting the movie in the story in a real human place, yes. you know. So it, it again Speaks to how well the movie did to draw you into the reality. Of he the has situation. no
2: neighbors, so all the insane amounts of gunfire that never hit anybody um, during the movie—and that's <laughs> going to go to one of my issues—was yeah. um, never heard by anyone. So he felt carte blanche ability to do what he wanted because there's no one. There's no one left. You know, the city's virtually deserted. <clears throat> and then the other, you're Ada.
1: But right, it is like wait until dark. The Audrey Hepburn. Oh yeah, movie. the Audrey Hepburn oh, yeah. movie.
0: Yeah, that's a good comparison. Yeah. Uh, from the live chat, appreciate that. So the other one of the other ones I think I can give in non spoilers as well is it was like he developed his senses in the second half of the movie and they were completely absent in the yeah, first part I didn't of the movie. like that. Like, I, like there were moments where he obviously should have known they were there where he didn't yes uh, in the first part of that that whole thing and and I will go into more detail on why I think that in the spoilers and then in the second half all the all of a sudden and I, I'll go in again there's some details I could give that I'll wait on. You know, his sense of smell is greater, his sense of, you know, hearing is greater, and it's like, it's because the plot needed it to be great at that time, and it needed it to be less great at the beginning, and so just that kind of stuff distracted me just a little bit. So, did you have any negatives,
1: Andrew? I'll have to get into spoilers to talk, because okay. honestly, I like this movie a lot, and the negatives I did have, they're very specific, and I can't really, you know, get into them. I will say that, um, no, I
0: can't. okay
1: (laughs) i I was trying to find a way to broaden it without well no worries the
0: sif pop spoiler cast is right in your podcast feed it'll be right there next you can you can go onto that and hear all the negatives (laughs) my Uh, my one last thing though
1: yeah let's go ahead let's do one last thing is this is in my top 10 movies of the year i really really enjoyed this movie i think this is a movie um i told my mom she's like do you think me and my girlfriends could go and see this movie i'm like Honestly, this is a great movie to go and see with friends. If you want to go and have, like, because it's not like, because she doesn't like gory films or anything. Right. It's not, it's not just, that. it's just, you mentioned Prisoners.
0: Prisoners is yeah. a ton more disturbing. Yes. You know, than this. I mean, well, uh, hold on. There is one scene in this that we can yeah, talk about yeah. and spoilers. And we'll get to that it. Is spoilers really disturbing. Yeah. But beyond that, you know, it's, yeah. it's just suspense.
1: But um, you you were talking earlier about Hitchcock. Did you get a little bit of a Hitchcock Absolutely. vibe from this? Yeah. Oh, anytime
0: so. somebody owned, anytime somebody uses visuals and sound in yeah. a way to create suspense like that, I immediately think Hitchcock. And I'm, I mean, I'm a Hitchcock. You are nerd. Like I, I've seen every single Hitchcock movie, all sixty whatever of them. Yeah. And uh and you know, I, I love his stuff. So
2: Man, this movie was so good.
0: What about you? What's your one last thing, Sean?
2: Well, I was gonna say I negatives. Um, the things that I didn't like, uh I didn't like the fact that Stephen Lang's character, they paint him, they make sure that you know he's a decorated Iraq war veteran, a career military guy. Um he's a combat veteran. Mm-hmm. And he's a combat veteran in a house with a handgun. And so many times he doesn't hit what he's shooting at. And I know that builds the suspense. Well, <laughs> he, he is blind shot. He, well, blind? Bear with me. Bear with me. In the basement, <laughs> it makes sense. You know, you're firing around all this stuff uh, that's in the basement. But the scene in the hallway. No, the I'm three with fo- you. The three that foot was one wide of my hallway, moments as yeah. With yeah. a hand cannon, by the way, yeah, you would actually have to be a good shot not to accidentally hit someone. <laughs> and so there were little things like that. I'm like, oh, come on. And I know, I, I, you know, it's maybe getting too, being too granular, but. Well, that's the kind of stuff I, I'm talking about. I think this movie has details. those
0: little details along the way that just distract you enough to, you know, and this, to pull you back.
2: And and the absence of senses, I, I kept thinking. One of the things as I was going into this movie, I was like, I love the concept of this because when I saw the first trailer, I'm like, th- this is genius. Why has nobody done this movie yet? Yeah. Because I'm thinking, here's a guy who's blind, and so he lives his life by his other senses, and so he'll be so much more scary because he can hear you know almost you know mm-hmm. super super hearing and his sense of smell then he's in the closet with this woman behind him doing and doesn't stuff doesn't even know doesn't even know she's yeah, there yeah. and he develops a sense of smell later in the movie when he sniffs her I'm shoes talking. from yeah. two rooms away yeah i
0: was going to i was going <laughs> to wait till spoilers for some of those details but, but yeah, yeah we'll
2: get into speed spoilers later but yeah i but i love my one more thing honestly um this movie is one of those that creeps up on you like they did a great job of building uh of what it is as a horror movie but all of a sudden you get to this point in the movie and you don't realize how tense you are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. At one point I was like, I was literally leaned forward. I was in a leaning back chair in a recliner and I suddenly realized mm-hmm. I'm sitting all the way up. Like, <laughs> you know? That's the side
0: edge of your seat. It's That's well done. It does. It's well done. Um, my one last thing is, um, I think I would say this movie maybe has one or two twists too many. Like there are just a couple towards the end that I was like, yeah, that's it, and we can't get into it till spoilers. So maybe I'll talk sure. more about it there. But, um but yeah, I felt like uh it, it kind of there were the story is great, it's interesting, but I didn't need it to be as twisty as it was. I got so, you. That was me. So if you had to give it uh had to give it a grade, where would you land? B plus A minus. Okay.
2: Numerical or whatever
0: you want to do, man. Whatever the Sean version of grading a movie is.
2: Um I honestly think this is a. This is a 7.58 out of 10.
0: 7.58. Yep. Now, is that 7.5 or 8, or
2: 8 or 7.58? I'm leaning more towards, uh, towards 8. 8.0. Okay. 8. okay. Yeah. I didn't know that's if you meant really 7 good. and 50. 7.58. 7 and 58. Oh, gotcha. Like, man, that's really <laughs> specific. <laughs> man, you're granular, dude. No, <laughs> definitely towards an 8 As, is, is really weird. We're really all good.
0: kind of in the same place. I would give it a B. Yeah. So, you know, somewhere around that range. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think we're all in about the same place. And again, I would say if you like suspenseful films, I think this is the one you're definitely going to want to see, you know, if you can't stand the, the fear stuff, then, you know. And it might, for me specifically, it might be the fact that since I'm
1: not a horror guy, that I found a movie that is a horror film that I like that might have something to do with it because obviously it's a genre I'm not a fan of. So whenever one does come along that I'd like. Uh, maybe that's why I'm gravitating more towards it.
0: Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, had a great time. Yeah, it's going to be a fun conversation. Our best ever horror movies when we one, get to the best ever times. It's going to be fun.
1: One I could definitely see myself going and seeing again in theaters. I could definitely see me, myself seeing this movie again.
0: Hey, I this
2: did, is a great movie. When you said, uh, was it your mom who asked? Yeah, yeah. Um, this movie is perfect and it was made for a theater full of people because mm-hmm. of the reactions and because of the tenseness. And how quiet. Like, normal horror movies you go and see, I've not seen one where the crowd was as quiet as this. And granted, there wasn't that many people there. <laughs> but you could hear a pin drop during yeah. this movie a number of times. And I, that's part of that sound design. But that interactive action with your audience part, it's so quiet at certain points that I could hear myself breathe. You wouldn't just... even have to, have to have the super
0: hearing of a blind man to hear a pin drop. you, know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you the theater the it, it was you that quiet. Not. I did appreciate also the one point in the movie where uh, one of the characters was getting ready to tell somebody else not to do something, and they went, don't. And I was like, breathe, because that's the end of the movie. And he went, run. And I was like, good job. You didn't have to say the title of the movie. You yeah. said, like, don't Very run good. instead. Nicely done. Yeah. Going to take just a second to let you know if you want to support what goes on here at Sif Pop. We certainly appreciate it. We are Patreon-supported through a podcast network called Shoe the Dough. So if you go to patreon.com slash shoe the dough, give like a dollar a month or three dollars a month or five dollars a month there are some perks that go with it in fact uh we had a conversation before the podcast started uh about our first horror movies that i think we're going to include on patreon this week uh for patrons only so uh you can go check that out and listen and again just like a dollar every month or three dollars every month and it, it really goes a long way it really does and in in, in in fact, the podcast wouldn't be happening without it, yeah. uh, so thank you so much for doing that and for being a supporter. If you've never thought about it, maybe go give it a look and uh, see if you want to help out. Patreon.com slash shoe the dough to help out. All right, guys, we're going to move into a TV show now called Harmon Quest. Now, this is by request of Mr. Andrew Ormsby, so Andrew, why don't you give kind of the, the bare bones plot line of what this show is about, kind of how it came to be, and we'll chat a little bit about it.
1: Okay, so we all know Dan Harmon, the brilliant mind behind Rick and Morty Community. I've actually never met him. Okay. But but I do know of him. You know of him. (laughs) He has created this show, it's an exclusive on a channel called CISO. CISO CISO.com is sort of like a Netflix Oh, so it's exclusive to CISO. It's exclusive to CISO. Ah. It's a CISO original. And what CISO is, it's like Netflix except it's only comedies. And what it is, is Dan Harmon gets a whole bunch of his friends together and they record themselves playing tabletop. Like uh, a Dungeons uh, and
0: Dragons type of game. Exactly, yeah.
1: And as they're recording themselves playing the game then they have animators come and like actually animate the actions of what they are doing on during this tabletop role playing
0: game and by the way they're doing all of this in front of a live studio audience yes. so which i found amazing
1: this might be one of the funniest shows i've seen in a very
0: very long time okay so let's start there what makes it so funny to you it's so
1: original yeah Why there's nothing has like nobody it nobody ever done this yet and yeah. it's the fact that you have uh, each episode has a different guest come on, so you have brilliant people come on like uh, Nathan Fillion, Camille Nangiani, Thomas Middleditch, the brilliant comedians that we all love from like our favorite mm-hmm. TV shows. They're coming on and they're killing it. It's so funny because half of them have never done uh, tabletop role playing before, and then the other half are huge nerds about it. (laughs) So you have, sometimes you'll have a guest on and they don't really know what's going on and that's funny. And then the next episode you're going to have somebody on who is
2: brilliant at role-playing and that's funny in its own right too. It's the chemistry. Yeah. So when you take these people that we all love but may never have done or, or the entire concept of this is like, what okay but you invited me so i'll do this because you're dan Harmon, and right I yeah, love yeah, you. Yeah, yeah so that chemistry of these people coming on and doing this really quirky unique thing and then you take all that and you film it that in itself would be magical but then they they do it to animation and so it just it takes this whole other level of hilarity that you, you know what i mean well i will say this uh when
0: they went when they cut to animation of what they're saying mm-hmm. it elevates the humor mm-hmm. By about a hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. When they cut away from animation back to the table, it's not I, as fun. I can feel the decrease. And I'm like, go yes. back to the animation. Go back to the animation. So there is an interesting thing here where it's almost like part table read. Like you hear of like when people get together yeah. to read a script, yeah. you it's know. It's a great description. And because they actually are sitting all around a table, you know, and they've yeah. got their notes in front of them and the different things. And so there is a, a looseness to it. And yet when somehow when it cuts to the animation, it just it just becomes alive. And I I really did enjoy that part of it. Plus, the one episode I've only seen the first episode. Mm-hmm. The one episode I saw had uh, Paul F. Tompkins as the guest. Oh, he's so good! He is, he so is one of the awesome. funniest men alive. Yes, like, he is. I, Paul F. Tompkins has been one of my favorites for a long time. I was so happy to see him, and just you know, elevated it for me even more to see him there. But it's interesting because, and just to give a little more kind of background on what's happening here, so you've got the 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 God character who's kind of in charge of the RPG, yeah. who sits at the end Spencer. of the table. And, you know, he is he is telling people what is happening, but they are impacting how the game goes as well. They are saying, okay, here's what my character is doing. They're making up. So it's almost like they're telling a story together. So there's an improv element to it. Yeah. You know, there's an improv element to it. There's a table read element to it. There's an animation element to it. So, yeah, I think all that together makes it. At the very least, interesting, and for me, really, really funny. Yeah. So I had a good time with the one episode.
1: It actually gets to the point where you care about these characters that they've created so much that you just want to see them succeed, and you, it, gets, it got, for me at least, to the point where I just could not stop. I had to know what was going to happen in the next episode. So the plot they...
0: stuff actually kicks in for you, where it's oh, like you actually yeah. want to
1: know what's happening. I want to know if they complete the quest. I want to know... If that's it's, interesting it's so good and see i'm not there yet it I'm kills just, me
2: when paul f Tompkins died <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. so <laughs> spoiler alert <laughs> yeah
2: but um
1: but that was th- hilarious another oh, thing goodness, i really like is parts of this they really get into it and there's you know this fluid motion of they just going point to point to point where you feel like all right they're really going and then all of a sudden they just stop like wait a second can we do this and then they stop and then they have to talk to spencer the game master and then the <laughs> animation stops too where they're just like stopping that's and the they're brilliant stuff around. yeah that that stuff oh. is
0: brilliant where the animation is uh, there's there's a part in the first episode where the character they're in animation and the character is saying something like wait can we do that you know yeah and then and then he says something like by the way this is dan Harmon talking not my character talking yeah. and so then it cuts back to the table and it's like that was, I mean, that was funny. That was really genius to me uh, to kind of see kind of those moments in it. Um, but, yeah. So tell me this. How much of this show has, exists? Like, how much of their, you know, out there of this show to take in?
1: One season so far, and I think they A full season? A complete one season? full season, yes. Okay.
0: About how many episodes? Uh,
1: ten? Ten?
2: Okay. I believe it's ten.
0: And yeah. they're, in the one I saw was about 23 minutes long, so they're probably all in that 20 to 30 minute range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, kind of typical sitcom range, ten shows. So you know,
1: I think the first episode's a little bit longer oh. because because they uh, they have to set up, you know, explaining everything, and then the next one they just bring in a new guest star, and then they just keep rolling like that. So, so. there's
0: no explanation at the beginning of each episode. They no have like reset up.
1: No, no, it's a continuous story. Like from each episode, is it the same day for them? Did they record
0: all of this on one day? I don't think so. Okay,
1: but uh, because their outfits
0: change, that's the only reason why. I'm Well, saying no. but you can change an outfit. I know. But... I went to a recording of uh, whose line is it anyway, which was a blast. By the way, oh, I had that's such cool. a fun time really? with like you know Wayne Brady and
1: wow and Ryan
0: Styles and like the, awesome. the core team, you know, and Colin Mockery and it Colin's was the best. I'm jealous. It was so fun, but they recorded four episodes. While we were there. Oh, and, wow. And they just, they, you know, it, it was fascinating the way that they do it. And they'll just play one game after another. And then they'll, you know, then they'll, they'll go out and they'll change clothes. And then they'll come and do, an, you know, an intro for the next episode. And so, you know, it's well, then it, it could is, be something like that. It too. is
1: more than possible than they, that they recorded the whole thing at once then. But, man, I, I'm probably going to watch it again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, let me ask you this. When I play games with close friends and we play intense games or whatever, there's arguing sometimes. Like yeah. there, there are little like you know like tiffs where it gets a little you know tense. Like that kind of does that ever happen in this? Oh yeah, does it? Yeah, that kind of makes it more exciting to me. Like so, that feels well, very where, real. You to know? where
1: they're trying to sabotage t- each other's characters, <laughs> it gets to that point.
0: But do you ever sense like there's something real underneath, where like they're no, really it's, upset it's, it's, or it's
1: a petty? It's all petty. Uh huh. Okay, that's really what. And sometimes the guests come on, and then they're just petty because like, ah, I'm just going to be the the butthole character. Uh-huh. And oh, it's so good. <laughs> never know what's going to happen.
0: Well, I've also heard Dan Harmon kind of has that personality too, where mm-hmm. he won't put up with. You know, I know there were some some rumors about stuff on you know behind the scenes on Community and different things that happened. But yeah, with him and Chevy Chase, and yeah. yeah, 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 that kind of stuff. So I wondered, you know, maybe if it if it got real there for a second every once in a while.
1: It never gets like. Where they're really mad at each other, uh-huh. it's like, well, fine. If you're going to be like that, then I roll a slap in the face to you, or <laughs> I'm going to fart in your food, stuff like that.
2: Childish. I just, yeah. I can't imagine fart
1: in your food. Okay. Um,
0: I have four boys. That has actually never come up at our. I home. was just going to say all of, it, of all the things, you know, I just never had anybody want to, you know, Ask gas in my mashed potatoes. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it's just no just never uh-huh. happened. You're gonna have to beep that out.
2: <laughs> On <of> that note. <laughs>
0: All right, on to the best ever challenge. We're going to talk about the best movie ever in a particular category. Each of us going to pick our top three horror movies of all time. Could be interesting considering two of us don't even like horror movies. Yes. (laughs) So we'll go number three to number one. We'll chat about them a little bit as we count them down. Sean, you're the guest guru. That means you get to go first. What is your number three horror movie of all time?
2: Number three is going to be Silence of the Lambs. Okay. Ooh, good call. And the reason uh, it it fits well with Don't Breathe because uh, Silence of the Lambs did something I'd never seen a horror movie do uh, do before. And it's the scene where they're in Buffalo Bill's house Mm -hmm. when he kills the lights and they're there in complete darkness. Um, The scenes in that movie where Jodie Foster is... Moving around in the house blindly, and he's got the, the goggles sure, on. Sure, yeah, yeah. Were terrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely super ridiculously suspenseful to the point of being almost like turning your stomach. Yeah. I was freaked. So that's my number three. Um, Absolutely love that movie. And- Andrew?
1: Number three is Shamalama Ding Dong's The Sixth Sense. Oh, Shamalama <laughs> so, okay.
2: Ding Dong. I haven't heard somebody call him that in a long time. <laughs> Aaron
1: and I, we do it every single week. It's it great. Seems. But no. I honestly, I have phasmophobia. I'm terrified of ghosts. And this movie is the scariest ghost movie I can <laughs> think of. Um, the I See Dead People is one of the most iconic lines from horror films ever. I See Dead People. Yeah. And uh, man, Haley Joe Osment, Bruce Willis, they gave amazing performances. The scene with the kid, he's like, come here, I'll show you my dad's gun, is one of the scariest moments in film history for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get goosebumps thinking yeah. about it. You know, it. that's it's so creepy. interesting.
0: I didn't even think about M night movies being in the horror category. Again, because I do I classify them more as, mm-hmm. you know, suspense, but yeah. But no, I think I absolutely think Sixth Sense is a movie that is meant to scare you. Yeah. So I, I think it should be Doesn't, included. Good job. My number three is a recent movie uh that I would give a little bit of a discernment warning to because it's definitely deals in some very adult themes about sexuality and those kind of things called it follows oh yeah it follows blew me away it is a movie about the consequences of sexuality it is a movie about uh how your sexual decisions follow you through your life it's got these very deep themes in it um and it's also shot gorgeously and very beautifully acted and done there's some really unique stuff with the time setting of this movie because it almost feels like it's supposed to be set in the 80s but they kind of have like cell phone type devices because they need it, you know, for the plot and different. So it's almost like it exists in a parallel universe in some ways, which is fine because it's so metaphorical and it is very scary. The, you know, the villain or the the creature in this, this movie I, I find is one of those creatures that his, the pursuit of you is, it's not a fast pursuit, but it's a constant pursuit. Mm-hmm. And so it's just kind like of the a, nothing. Yeah. 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 Something like that. So, um, so I think it follows would be my number three.
2: Yeah. Let's head to number two. Number two, um audition. And it's not for everyone. Is that the
1: Japanese movie? Yes, you know? it's
2: not for everyone. And I know that it it it's one of those that crosses that line of being uh it's torture porn. Yeah. You know? It's like the Saw movies, that kind of thing. Yeah, but 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 classy if there's a way to do that. <laughs> like the Saw movies are just pure exhibitionism for the purpose. Yeah. Is it the burlap sack movie? It it's the needle. Yeah, it's it's Truly, truly disturbing. The yeah. woman in that movie—I will never watch it. The woman I in that will movie never watch it. Uh, terrifies me. Absolutely terrifies mm-hmm. me. It is the one torture
0: porn is the one genre I just like. I like hostile. I can't, and stuff I yeah. can't get anything good out of it. Like I can't come out of it going, "Here's you know here's and a good reason I saw it." There's yeah.
2: absolutely nothing good that comes of this movie. Yeah. Nothing. It, there's no good resolution. There's no oh well you know you got to it's it's absolutely terrible from the moment it Ugh. starts to the moment it ends. And it disturbs me and scares me uh, every time I think about it.
0: Yeah. What about you, Number
2: Andrew?
1: two, Spielberg's accidental masterpiece, Jaws. Ah, ah, yes. it's a horror
0: movie. <laughs> Stretching the genre. Oh, well, Jaws is absolutely a horror, horror movie. Film. Absolutely. From, Jaws yeah, no. from the get-go. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. It's so interesting how those classics don't feel like horror movies to me. But you're absolutely right. So,
1: I don't know if you guys knew this... Uh, He did not mean for it to be as subtle, the shark, Bruce, to be as subtle as it was. Mm. He wanted there to be more shark, but the, uh, the animatronic shark that they built kept malfunctioning. So that the way they filmed it is they could only do the fin and stuff, like, you know, like coming out of the water every now and then. So the fact that you don't see the shark a lot in that movie is because the animatronic kept breaking. So he accidentally made one of the greatest horror films of all time. <laughs> it was supposed to be a huge... A lot of movies are like that's that, though, right? Though. Yeah. It's great
2: that technical limitations actually improved his movie. Well, yeah. that's, that's a it... common thing.
0: Limitations create genius. Yeah. I mean, problem solving is one of the main w- ways we come up with new ideas.
1: And for everybody out there, the reason why Bruce and Finding Nemo is... The great white shark is named Bruce is because it's named after the shark in Jaws. Yep. So... My name's
0: Bruce.
1: Hello, Bruce. Uh, Fish are
0: friends. Fish are friends, not food. Also food. Like 60 (laughs) pounds of fish a day. (laughs) Uh, My number two is Cabin in the Woods. Uh, Another recent one, and I love meta. I really enjoy meta movies, and this movie did meta in a really clever way and how it revealed its meta ness to you, yeah, and yeah, I, I, and it is so meta. It's like so it, it is good. meta on top of meta, and I just I had a really good time with Cabin in the Woods.
1: Such a brilliant movie, too.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very smart. It's Whedon, extremely right? Joss well done. Joss, Whedon, just Joss well Whedon, done. Yeah. Oh man, his brain. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, Cabin in, in the Woods is one. Again, if you can if you can stomach the more adult nature of the scares and the, the horror stuff. and It's inception and
2: make, levels of meta. Yeah, and, and, yeah. They,
0: and they kind of, because it's meta, they make light of that stuff. Like, there's making light of the sexuality of horror movies in, in this yeah. movie itself. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's I, some interesting stuff. There. I don't
1: know about you, but that was one of the rare movies where I went in to see it not knowing anything about it. So whenever I got what was going on, I'm like... Oh, this is brilliant. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And there are just little, there are little winks and clues, you know, through the first part, you know, of the movie that you're like, what was that? What is, you know, what's going on here? And then as it reveals itself, it's just very brilliant. Yeah,
1: because you think it's leading up to being just the most cliched horror Mm -hmm. film of all time, but then how they play off of that makes, it goes from being totally dumb to being brilliant. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I think that's really hard. Yeah. To take something so stupid and then to make it as brilliant as they did,
0: and and I think uh, great performances as well in something that you think is going to be so cheesy, and then you end up really caring about you know some of these characters and what's going on. And I I just I think all around it's it's good stuff. Yep. All right, we're at our number ones. We haven't had a repeat yet. Did you give you your number two? I, that was my number two. Oh, Cabin in yeah, okay. the Woods. Yeah, okay. All right, nice. number one horror movie, of best ever horror movie for you of all time, Exorcist. Okay.
2: Still terrifies me. Terrifies me to this day. I've seen it a thousand times, and T- the, the theme itself uh, will make my skin crawl.
0: Can't eat pea soup to this day.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I just—it's so incredibly well done. The the combination of tension and suspense and um, uh, Reagan's character, She's, mm-hmm. the girl is amazing in this movie, um, and uh, I, I just. I don't know. It's hard for me to put exactly why because it's been eclipsed by so much grosser and more twisty and more grand movies. Yeah, but its simplicity is what makes it so terrifying. Um, When you've seen seen so many,
0: you've seen so many parodies. Of, yes. You know, the twisting head and, you know, yeah. again, the pea soup, you know, the projectile vomiting. And so many kind of movies
2: stuff. since then had bit off of it as as tropes, too.
0: Right. And so what you forget is that the movie itself is actually pretty grounded. Like, there's a reality yeah. to The Exorcist that, you know, because of all the parody, it's kind of like, uh, I, I feel the same way about The Matrix in some way, too. All the, the parody that's come in the copycatting that's come afterwards has made you forget how intensely real it felt at the time and how, you know, fresh it was. Yeah. So. So yeah, I, The Exorcist is a fine choice. Um, what do you got, Andrew?
1: Number one, the scariest movie for me of all time is John Carpenter's The Thing.
0: I haven't seen that, actually. That's on my list of shame, yeah. It's so funny because oh.
2: it's on so many people's lists and I, it just doesn't do it for me. I, really? I enjoy it as a, a piece of film. wasn't scary ever for it's me.
1: beyond, hands down, the most terrifying movie I've ever seen in my life to where, to this day, it's, his work with practical effects is unparalleled. Nobody this on the planet this can do better practical effects than what John Carpenter can do. The uh, since you haven't seen it, I'll just, er, I think everybody knows the petri dish scene.
0: Well, and, and I'm not going to see it. Like uh, I don't, I don't plan on seeing it. Okay. Um, you know, unless it. You know, I, again, I don't like horror movies, so it, it's not like they're yeah. my biggest ones to seek out that i haven't seen
1: the reason i saw it is because i love sci-fi and i i went into it expecting more of a sci-fi movie movie than a horror film and i still see it as that oh man this movie is oh scariest movie of all time Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) what makes it so scary like what is it that like is there something in it that allows you to put yourself in it in a different way no
1: it was the pure isolation they're in antarctica there's no possible help coming for them They are on their own. They have to deal with this on their own. The creature is so scary. Oh, it's so
2: scary. Mm. This is the magic of horror that I was talking about earlier, about how people are affected different ways. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because the entire movie is camp to me. It's fantastic science fiction writing. The creature effects are amazing because Carpenter's a god. Yeah. But not a moment of that movie ever actually scared me. Yeah. yeah, I was just like, oh, this is great movie making. That's interesting. And then Andrew yeah. is literally almost shaking him. No, honestly,
1: it's one of those... It's honestly, I can't think about it. It's one of those movies where after I watched it, I couldn't sleep because I oh, knew wow. I would have horrible... I get night terrors, so I knew this was going to affect me. So, like, so for cool. a couple of days, I couldn't sleep because I knew it was going to mess me up.
0: That's great. My number one is Psycho. Uh, kind of hinted at that earlier. Yeah. Uh, yep. I cannot think of a better horror film that's ever been made uh than by the master of suspense himself it was his most horrific uh film most i think easily defined as a horror movie rather than a suspense movie Yeah. he also played with so many audience expectations in that movie that we kind of take for granted now with you know um the main character dying I in know. the first i was just about to say that cuz
1: of... everybody what was her name again it was a oh but everybody thought she was going to be, you know, the main heroine throughout the entire film. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then the shower scene, I think the shower scene is the most iconic yes. horror uh, scene in history. And it will stand the test of
0: time as the most iconic horror scene. Uh, Janet, uh, Janet Lee, I think, was Janet the... Janet uh, And
2: Interesting piece of trivia. I only found out this last year that the blood on that movie was chocolate, chocolate sauce. Chocolate yeah. sauce. I didn't realize, and it's one of those, that's that's another thing. I could spend my life watching the magic of movie. Make. I wish every movie had a behind the scenes, like making of this movie, every single one, because I think it's magic the way we can play tricks on, they can play tricks on us as an audience using everyday stuff. Like I found out, uh, like the uh, farming industry owes the movie business a ton of money for, or gratitude for its, proliferance because foley effects i had no idea how much a head of celery was used to simulate broken bones <laughs> right and the mashing of a human The being. Foley stuff
0: is really interesting yeah the yeah. Foley
2: stuff but yeah chocolate syrup i never knew that until last year well was and, like, that's so cool i mean color movies because have been it's black and yeah. around yeah. a long
0: time he decided to make this movie exactly. in black and white to i i think because he knew he was going to get some flack if it was in color for how yeah. grotesque it you know could yep. have been and so he purposely chose to go black and white for this film um, you know, yeah, there's lots of great stories around Psycho, but you know, the story of the gimmickiness of releasing that movie where people were not allowed into the theater after the movie had started. Yeah. Uh, you know, to, oh, really? Yeah. To really like they barred movie from coming you know, from people from coming, wow. in. which is
2: great because it takes away from the experience, you know, when you've got yeah. people coming in. So good for him.
0: Yeah. And that and that was the trailer for this movie. You know, I talk about how trailers have changed so much. The trailer for Psycho was Hitchcock talk talking to people and saying, look, and he did look, that a lot. If yeah. you come to this movie, we're not letting you in. If you know, if you come after the start time. Yeah. So, you know, th- that's the trailer for the movie. I think that's genius, you know? Yeah. What better marketing? The Bates, oh, man, he's such a
1: creepy character. Too. Oh,
2: absolutely. Yeah. By the way, you disappointed some, scene, some people. The
1: fly scene, like, where, where he's in the cell at the very end. <laughs> Brilliant.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and you also forget how the twist in this movie was not something that happened in a lot of movies, you know, back then. And so the idea that, you know... He's very ahead of his time. and, and Very much so. And, you know, um, Anthony Perkins, who played Norman Bates, couldn't get another role. Because yep. yeah. uh, nobody could disassociate him from Norman Bates. Yeah. Uh, just, man, just brilliant movie making in you so many ways. You disappointed
2: some people, Andrew. Because it's on my list, but several people thought that uh, Shaun of the Dead was going to be yours. And even though I don't in any way, shape, or form think of Shaun of the Dead as a horror movie, yeah, other than... Once again, the marketing.
0: It's a zombie movie, a which zombie I guess movie, is a horror movie. It's a, pure movie. Such a comedy. comedy. It's a pure yeah. comedy. Through. But you know what?
2: Hot, but Fuzz, it's on my list of- Hot Fuzz is
0: an action movie, even though it's also a it's, comedy. Yeah, uh, but you know what I mean? It's actually of both. My Peg number one it. comedy of
1: all time is Hot Fuzz. The, the, yeah. th- that's actually Hot Fuzz the, is the amazing. genius of those
0: guys. That's actually the genius of those guys in, in that, uh, what do they Nick call Frost it? And, the Cornetto trilogy. The genius of those movies is they are actually two genres fully. Mm-hmm. You know, Shaun of the Dead is fully a zombie movie. Yes. It is also fully a comedy, you yes. know? So that, that's the genius of, of that trilogy.
2: So can we just go Spart- and have the Winchester and Spartan have a pint?
1: says Psycho is one of the movies that is has been ruined by its iconicness. What do you think of that?
0: Uh, I don't think you can ruin a great movie, uh, but I'm I'm the same person like when people talk about like a movie ruining their childhood, you know, like a new Ghostbusters comes out and people are like, oh man, I, like I just don't buy that. Like a movie still maintains nope. its greatness. Exactly. So no matter what you, happens The afterwards. William
1: H. Macy remake of Psycho.
0: The shot-for-shot shot remake? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that stuff doesn't ruin it for me. Okay. What it does is it can create a cultural desensitization to how to, awesome something is. Yeah. yeah.
2: And Spartanite made a comment there where he says that uh, because everyone knows Miriam's going to die, it takes away. Um, everyone, I didn't. Everyone knows. <laughs> how many? When was Psycho out? 50? 56? No,
0: six, it was early 63? 60s, I think.
2: So, what is it? 60. It was 60. 60. Okay, so from then till now, all this time, okay what is it? 56 years yeah
0: that would be 56 years ago so
2: 56 years this movie's been around we know two things okay we know two things and one of those massive we know merriman is going to die and we know norman bates's mother is dead <laughs> yeah. okay mm-hmm. uh, and he is mom and it does not make it any less terrifying and creepy as hell to watch him portray it you yeah. know so- like norman bates in a dress Talking like mommy is (laughs) ridiculously, insanely terrifying and creepy. Aaron, do you watch Bates Motel? No, I don't. Okay. I started, I I was watching so many other things. I wanted to wait till it's done so I can binge it because that's my life now. I need shows I can't watch once, one by one. I need Mm -hmm. to see all at once.
1: My
0: sister is addicted to that show. She loves it so much. Carlton Cuse does it, right? like yeah. The same guy I, that I did think. The Lost with Damon Lindelof. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been interested. It's just, there's just so much I, I haven't been able to get around to. People are saying The you Shining. Know, Man. Man. I was going to say, yeah, let's continue to go with some honorable mentions. Yeah, we have we didn't mention The Shining, which I know is a lot of people's favorite. Honestly, I movie don't magic. like The
1: Shining movie because since I am such a huge Stephen King fan, that is one of the worst film adaptations of a book. Like, it's a good movie, but it's nothing at all, I think, the fact that it's named The Shining is the only thing it's about sim- that's similar to the book.
2: Uh, it's one of those that I'm able, and few times can you do this, it's one of those that I'm willing and able mentally to disassociate with the book as a source material. Like, The Shining as a book is the book, and it's a masterpiece of writing. Mm-hmm. And The Shining as a movie is a movie, and it's a masterpiece of filmmaking. I love Kubrick, okay? And I love the way this was filmed, and the movie is fantastic, um, even though it takes so much of a departure from kind of like the themes, you know, in the book, so I don't, I don't knock it down for that. Does well, it make sense? Yeah, you, because of how well they did.
0: You'll notice, other than you know, Psycho, which is a classic from like we said, you know, fifty six years ago or whatever. Uh, Mine are all modern stuff. I didn't watch horror like I didn't until I was a movie film critic. I just didn't watch horror movies. So like I, I have seen The Shining now. I gotcha. But like I didn't watch it when it came out. So my impact for a lot of these. Is different than most people's. Like you yeah. talk about, like the you know Nightmare on Elm Street stuff, the you know uh Friday the Thirteenth stuff. Yeah. I just didn't see it when I was you know younger. So
1: I have two honorable mentions. Really Go for quick. it. Uh, number one, it's a movie. I don't know about you, but whenever it came out, everybody thought it was real. The Blair Witch Project. I was going to yes, see, see if
2: we
0: wanted to talk about Blair Witch. So
2: good, so good, and it created it. It literally created the found footage yeah. genre of mm-hmm. film. And I remember, which we all hate it for
0: now, right? Yeah, <laughs> I,
2: I remember. When that movie came out, thought it was real. I caught I caught the first clip of it off of a VHS tape from somebody who brought it to my house. Well, you know that's how
1: they originally sent it out. They originally sent out just blank tapes, and then after that, they put it in theaters. And that was the marketing. Yeah, it was
2: genius. It was, and people straight up believed that. Oh yeah, it was War of the Worlds. It was literally the first time I've uh, the War of the Worlds. You know that effect happened again since Mm -hmm. since the original. So I. I remember the community going nuts and and my friends were like, Oh my God. And everybody's like, this, this is legit. It's so real. And then when the big reveal and it was, I I can imagine the excitement in the filmmakers leading up to this movie, you know, masterful marketing and a great flick that was scary enough, you know? Um, and the the joy just rolling around in excitement. Oh, at I'm how sure they play I'm sure. people,
0: and and it's very well done. And those those yes. kids they got were amazing. They felt really genuine, really real. And a part of that is the way they made it. They really let those kids go into the woods and just
2: shoot, you know. Yeah. So and ha- well, you Mr. You have you don't do trailers. No, I and, don't. And the trailer itself for the second uh, is evidence of why certain movies should not be allowed to be done by other people, um, <laughs> because the trailer itself is a joke. Like everything for Blair Witch, yeah, for Blair Witch 2. Oh, the second one, the second one, the one they're they're doing now.
0: To be honest, I didn't even know there was a second one. So
1: that was one of the trailers you missed last night. It's it's oh, it's happening now. Yeah,
0: yes, like 2016, they're
2: making another Blair Witch. It comes out this year. Oh, I thought there was some
0: lame sequel that came out like a couple years afterwards.
2: No, this trailer just came out like two weeks ago.
0: People must think I'm the most ignorant movie critic, but I purposely decide not to know like what's you know coming up so I can experience it. But yeah.
1: So, my last honorable mention, and actually, I'm surprised you chose It Follows over The Babadook. I just wanted to say that oh, real I quick. didn't like The so Babadook good. as much as most people. L- I loved The Babadook more than I loved It Follows. But anyway, um, my last honorable mention is actually number four on my list, but it got beat up by the sixth sense because I thought, because fast phobia, mm-hmm. but Alien, Ridley Scott's Alien.
0: That's a good choice. Mm-hmm.
1: There's no light. It's a dark movie. Like, literally, it's a dark movie. So, the shadow work and... The Xenomorph is one of the most horrifying creatures of all time.
0: Oh, for sure, absolutely. Uh, The one we haven't mentioned that I would uh, mention, speaking of meta, is Scream. Uh, Scream is one of those movies that you know honored the genre by making fun of it and also being it. You know, and especially that first one, I I really do think there's some really smart movie making in that. So I would mention that for honorable mention. Um, That's really all I have. I'm not a huge yeah. or I guess I would also mention maybe The Evil Dead, uh, especially mm-hmm. the, the. See,
1: I think those are comedies.
0: I yeah, well, no, they're they're horror comedies for sure. No. Yeah. Have you watched any of Ash versus the Evil Dead? Oh, the new so show, good. so good, oh, yeah. that I show just, is yes. so good. I just started watching it, oh, okay. and so that's why that's why it's kind of fresh on my mind. But yeah. Bruce Campbell, man, Brilliant. honorable oh. mentions,
2: um, Reanimator, okay, fantastic film, um, campy horror. Uh, it's so ridiculously implausible and yet terrifyingly creepy. Um, and The Ring. Uh, I loved The Ring. I loved yeah. The Ring. A very, very scary movie. Missy refuses. Uh, I wanted to see the second one just because, or I wanted to see the second one until I saw the trailer. Now I know why. But see, trailers so bad. Saved, See, I'm torn on your policy, Aaron. Yeah. Because trailers. Stop me from going seeing so many trash movies. No, I, I like, you're you're <laughs> we, in the minority on that though. But we I but think. have like, to, but we have to
0: review them. So regardless, yes, we're gonna have, we're gonna see have to the see the movie them. anyway. Good point. See, that's, good point. And, and he's right. That's where it shifted for me. When when I began seeing everything because mm-hmm. I was reviewing everything, right? I didn't need trailers for that purpose anymore, and that was the only purpose they served, other gotcha. than ruining movies for me. You know, right. was that to let me know, do I want to see it? Do I not want to see it? Giving away reviews and really anymore today. Pretty much people know the movies they want to see or not want to see before they come out. I don't think that's
1: true at all. I do. um, What was the movie that I had no... Okay, uh, Creed. Mm -hmm. I love boxing movies, love boxing movies, and I love Rocky, but whenever I heard that they were making a new Rocky movie and it was about Apollo Creed's son, I'm like, oh, this movie's going to be trash.
0: And I wouldn't have gone to see it. But I'm so glad I did. Yeah, but don't you, I'm sure, I mean, don't you feel like you have a story that's the same where you saw a trailer and were like, oh, I need to see that and it was bad? Mm -hmm. Everybody has that, Well, that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, you know, it's still a crapshoot. Like, it's still, you don't know if the trailer is telling you the truth. So, Mm. you know, I I would rather just stick with word of mouth. At this point, even if I wasn't reviewing everything at this point, I think I would still not see trailers and just rely on my friends who are like, "Hey, this is a great movie. You should go see this." Okay, rather than the trailers. To but each
1: their own. If I didn't watch trailers, I wouldn't have a YouTube channel. Yes, people. <laughs>
0: people who love, people oh, who love yeah. Charlize. To each their own. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. A round of applause. <laughs> for yes, anyone? Indeed. Yeah, okay. right, you'll get, just, get it. Uh, Fine. Thank, thank. Okay. Good. 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 All right, quickly, let's get into uh, our buried treasure. Each of us with one thing that uh, we have from the pop culture world that we might want you to know about this coming week. Andrew, why don't you start?
1: So, uh, my buried treasure is a little thing called fantasy football. <laughs> so, I guess that's pop what? culture. <laughs> it is definitely pop culture because no, it it's is so it sure nerdy. Is. It is very nerdy. Fantasy? football. Are you football. already like drafting? Or we? What? Our draft is tonight. Our draft for is for ton- football.
0: Well, I guess it's the end of uh, August. Yeah, it starts
1: uh, Uh, on September 11th is uh, the uh, first day of football.
0: Can I be honest with you? I am struggling so much with the sport of football right now. Like, I have such internal conflict. We talked about the NFL earlier, and just with the concussion stuff and the dishonesty of the league, and just like... That's uh, been going on forever. I know that doesn't make it easier for me. Well, you're
2: ignoring the the elephant in the room, which is that the NFL... uh glorifies and highly pays the largest group of criminals, rapists, (laughs) murderers, uh, people on trial for attempted murder, and uh, the NFL, to me, is just a giant breeding pot of some of the worst people, protected by an organization who makes money off of them. It could
0: could be, for me, the fact that I'm a Lions fan, and we always stink, and maybe I'm just tired of it.
2: (laughs) Poor Lions. It's
0: tribalism at its finest. Uh... What's funny
2: that you said fantasy football is, uh, and when you mentioned nerdy. The largest majority of people who are fantasy football players are massive sports fans, and a lot of them are like, they're bros, right? And they're the ones who dunk geeks. But fantasy football is the nerdiest. For... I'm a nerd, oh, and I'm like, you are a dork if you play fantasy numbers. football. Oh, I played.
0: I the only fantasy sport I ever played was baseball. I, I had a friend who was huge into baseball and got me into a fantasy baseball league in like, the late 90s, like, oh, wow. I mean, when it was just taking off, and it was all self-run, he did all the stats himself and all the scoring and everything, like, it wasn't, you know, now you can just do it online, and, you know, but he ran everything, and so I played that for several years and got into the nerdiness of it a little bit, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a role-playing game. Yeah. It's, in many ways, it is... You're a GM. GM.
2: Yeah. You are, yeah, perfect, perfect. So,
0: no, I totally get it. Um, Yeah, again, for me, it's just, like, I, it's hard for me to justify celebrating a game that I won't let my kids play, you know? Here's
1: here, here's why I love fantasy football so much. It makes me watch every game. I, I'm a huge... It gives you something fan. to care about. It's kind of like
0: an easier way of gambling, yeah, you know?
1: I'm a, well, we don't really... <laughs> We, we gamble for pride. No, in, I in just mean league. like
0: somebody who's into sports gambling, that's the, the rush that they get from it, is oh, they care about okay. every game. Yeah, so right. it's like an easier way to get that without your putting prediction's
2: your... prediction's coming true, so you right, feel yeah, like yeah, you, yeah. you win.
0: Yeah. My Buried Treasure is a show I just started watching. Do you ever have one of those shows that like the sources that you check in, like your podcasts or the people that you respect about stuff, it just starts to build and it's like everybody's yeah. talking about it. That's how like, I like,
1: found out about Harmon Quest. And it's
0: like finally, okay, I'll go check it out. Uh, halt and Catch Fire. is that show for me. You just started? I just started Halt and Catch Fire. I've never heard of it. What is it? What?
2: (laughs) See, It's one of those shows though. People are very passionate about it and I've heard a lot about it. It's literally the best thing AMC has ever done. I'm sorry, Walking Dead. Halt and Catch Fire is this magical light Aaron, please. I want your <laughs> no, opinion. I've talked
0: well, enough. No, I would. I would love to hear you talk about it. Um, because again, I just started the first season. Which, by the way, I've heard you don't even need the first season. I've heard you can start in season two, and that there's some sort of shift that happens that makes it you know okay to start yeah. at season two. I I can't. I'm a completist. I have to see everything. So I started at season one. Uh, but even in the first couple episodes, because I, I think I'm three episodes in, man, this show is is really compelling. The characters are interesting it's kind of you know silicon valley uh it's kind of yep. silicon valley but more dramatic you okay. know so yeah. uh and i just i love these halt actors and catch, fire yeah. on and catch fire from amc yeah it's it's incredibly
2: it
1: incredibly can't be better than breaking bad that's, <laughs> that's the best thing amc's ever yeah
0: done. I, yeah i wouldn't put it above breaking bad you uh, really love it huh
2: here's why okay and and I'm not taking it away because anyone who knows me knows I'm a massive Breaking Bad fan, okay? yeah. Um, I've got the crystal ship up on my shelf. my shelf. Uh-huh. Um, but here's the thing. Breaking Bad was, was awesome because it was a great story. Halt and Catch Fire literally tries to capture the magic of the battle of the technology industry mm-hmm. for our money and our attention and for supremacy in society. And once again, and this is why we love tech so much. Chris and I are so, like entrenched in it because technology itself has redefined our society we we're surrounded we're in a room right here just you know completely surrounded by it and people don't realize how much in their day-to-day lives every aspect of what they do has been completely shaped by the battles that these people fought you know these inner company mm-hmm. you know um these uh, uh, Battles for supremacy, okay, mm-hmm. between these companies and everything they've done. And the characters are so well done in this movie, and in this, in this show. Um, The writing is fantastic, the settings. And it takes you back to behind the scenes to kind of get a look at things that, you see what I'm saying? That happened that you weren't aware of. and Is it kind of like just a hypothetical, like... The battle between Sony
1: and Microsoft. Well,
0: it's about, about the battle against monopolies in the season yes. that I'm watching because IBM had such a monopoly on the computer industry. They owned it. And uh, so just kind of a battle to be a secondary tech company was almost impossible.
2: And, uh, how, and how people innovated, you know, to try to change that status quo. It's, it's amazing.
1: One more time, if you uh, don't by the mind. way, it What's starts. halt, show? halt, halt and, catch. and Catch Fire. I'm gonna write it down. It
0: starts Lee Pace, who I love. Oh, loved really? Loved him in Pushing Daisies. Yeah, uh, loved him in some other stuff as well. Uh, he's great. Mackenzie Davis is great. Uh,
1: Mackenzie, are you kidding me?
0: Yeah. So yeah, halt it's it's fire. it's a great show. So I definitely recommend it. What do you got, Sean? What's your uh, buried treasure?
2: So this is magical to me. Um, it's very geeky, and it was actually uh, on our. Uh, on, we talked about a Geek Point Oh last night. Um, Dark Horse Comics mm-hmm. is re- releasing the second compendium to a collection of Legend of Zelda books that they put out. So the oh, first fun. one they put out was called Hyrule History. Um, it's much sought after. It's on the shelf in my front room. Um, it is a hardbound covered, uh, hardbound book. That's this gorgeous compendium of all things Zelda. And they are releasing a second volume, which is called Arts and Artifacts, Uh, art and artifacts and what is really cool about this is the entire book uh the book is filled with everything from development and characters and uh, weapons and things like that um but it's a great visual history that covers you ready for this the entirety of the zelda franchise and but i say by saying the entirety that includes yes that includes uh a, a game that hasn't even hit the market yet, which is Breath of the Wild. Oh, nice. So it's That's got a bunch... of the NS one? Uh, oh, it's the Wii U, Wii U game that also will be on the NX. Yeah. So um, this is the new Legend of Zelda game that has won every award from every game show since yeah. the beginning of the it year. It looks gorgeous. Um, And so this game is is incredible, and there's a bunch of behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, interviews and uh information as well as screenshots and stuff from Breath of the Wild in the book. So for a massive nerdy Zelda fan like myself it's it's a it's a piece of glorious buried treasure but it's also uh it's it's if you're a Zelda fan this is a thing you must own.
0: Have you seen the new Zelda movie that's out? The new Zelda movie. Yeah, it's called Kubo and the Two Strings. It's uh <laughs> <laughs> I you, I want to go see you Kubo. You saw
1: him you saw his eyes glisten I was like, like, "Oh my God!" <laughs> what are you talking? And then the I not know? The,
0: the second half of Kubo, or even the second three quarters of Kubo, is it's like a Zelda game. It's, really? Yeah, I'm oh, gonna
1: yeah. I'm gonna make Sean really mad. Uh, I saw played, a part of a trailer. I want to see Kubo. I've, oh, it's only, so good. Looks I've only played one Zelda game, and that was the first uh, Zelda Legend of Zelda because on the NES. Growing, on the NES, because yeah. I was a Sega kid growing up, so I I went from nintendo nes oh. to sega and then so from sega to playstation gamer yeah and then from playstation i went to xbox and i've been an xbox guy ever since the original xbox so
2: you and i will have to why we'll have you gone O, um so we don't hijack Aaron's show but we will have to have a discussion i am sort of a um vault or encyclopedia of the war between sega, sega and, and nintendo.
0: nintendo nintendo is an interesting company they're brutal the decisions they make yeah. i like some of them I shake my head at and go, "What are you thinking?" Others of them I shake my head at and go, "You guys are geniuses." Yep. And it's just like I've never seen anything. like And that's like that a daily a company. thing. Yeah, for yeah, them. yeah, it's yeah, a daily it's crazy. thing for them. Um, by the way, can we call the like the the story of Zelda the Ganon Canon? Can we? <laughs> can we just make that a thing? <laughs> you Why are, no, is that you not are not a sh- my web hero show now. <laughs> You're not my hero. Why is
2: that not a web show? <laughs> the Ganon Canon. <laughs> the Ganon that's Canon. That's fantastic. I don't know.
0: We can all eat yogurt, maybe Dannon. I'm giving you a raise, Aaron.
2: (laughs) Thank you. I
0: appreciate it. Wow. Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It's part of the Shoe the Dough podcast network, by the way. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following the feed at Mixler.com slash Shoe the Dough. Huge thanks to today's guru, Sean from Geek.0. Oh. Thank you. Thank you Sean, very much for having me. what do you got going
2: on? Where can people find you? What do you want them to see? Um, everything. We are working on a bunch of new stuff. Um, we, uh, um, You guys can find us on all of the social medias. Uh, so that's uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, uh, YouTube at whatever it is, forward slash Geek.0. Oh, and that's geek, P-O-I-N-T, zero, the number zero, um, and, uh, please check out our website, uh, geekpointo.com, uh, everything geeky, uh, pop culture, tech media, um, everything that's happening in the world of tech, gaming, uh, movies, a little bit of music, um... But uh, we are massive gamers and nerds at heart. Uh, we cover everything from, like I said, video games to toys to you name it. And uh, we love what we do.
0: We love what you do, too. We love that you're here. Yeah, Thank you so much for coming I was coming just on your out.
2: podcast the other day. Absolutely. It's, it, there's two of us. Uh, we, what am I? Chop liver? I've never been invited
0: to the Geek.0 no podcast. I was on
2: the brand new. They started a brand new podcast. All right. And I was the yeah, first we, on one. We, So inspired by, okay, Uh inspired by the the awesomeness that is Sif Pop, we decided (laughs) to start having some people on that we emulate and that we love. Oh, cool. um, For the geek side of things. Yeah. Um, And it's called Geek.0 Gets to Know. Um, and Andrew was our first guest. We are lining nice. up the next couple months. Uh, you're on the list, brother. Um, yes. So, uh, but it's it's a fun way for us to kind of introduce some of our fans and people, and kind of put a spotlight on on some of these awesome people and what they do and what they're contributing. So it, it's pretty awesome. It's Chris and I, um, and, uh, and we love what we do. And thank you for having us on. Chris, oh no, thanks for Chris being here. Chris wants to come back and and be on yeah, the show. Yeah, we need again to have Chris on the show again. Because we too. love the show. Uh, absolutely, yeah,
0: we absolutely need to have him in here and we've got of course Andrew from Flick Freaks Andrew tell us a little bit about uh, where people can find
1: you main thing is the YouTube page so if you head over to youtube.com forward slash Flick Freaks you will find that we have reaction videos reviews like we do here Let's Plays top 100 list of top 100 movies we're starting uh, in a couple weeks the top 100 TV series of all time and uh, yeah, you can find us pretty much like Sean said on every single form of social media at forward slash flick And uh, yeah, love to hear from you guys. A lot more adult themed than what you would find here. <laughs> at oh, That's a disclaimer. I put
0: every single week here just so people know. That's a good idea. You don't want people to be too surprised. Yeah. Uh, And I'm Aaron Dicer. You can find me at yourmoviefriend.com. That's where all my reviews go up. If you want to search for the YouTube channel, just search for my name, Aaron Dicer, A-A-R-O-N-D-I-C-E-R. That's also where you can find me for social media. Huge thanks as well to our Patreon supporters. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much for what you do. Support starts at a dollar a month. Comes with some pretty fun perks. You can find out more at patreon.com slash shoe the dough. And if you need to get in touch with us, you can email us at shoe the dough at gmail.com com
1: dwayne johnson made 64 million
2: earned it
0: uh, so what must that be like, like i would like to have from everywhere. he's a
2: charitable guy he's a charitable guy i would love mm-hmm. to have what he pays in taxes in a year <laughs> yeah seriously just that i will take that please
0: <laughs> oh can you even imagine mm, yeah that's <laughs> all i do I can, as a matter of
2: fact <laughs> I've got a list of all the things I would pay off.
1: Yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> how In fact, I have been bills, imagining bills, uh, bills, bills.